This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Podcast on the Paddle and Fin Network. I'm your host, Chris Lifter. And today's guest, we have Ewan Minor, the recent winner of the Hobie event. How are you doing today, man? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, got a little bit of fishing in after class today, so it's nice. been a pretty nice day. Uh, I mean, late February in East Tennessee, and it was in the 70s by the middle of the day, so can't complain. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I'm up in Illinois. We've had, I think, 60 yesterday which is unseasonably warm for it right now. We're normally under ice. But, I mean, so I want to have you on, obviously, because you went down and won the Hobie event, which was amazing. And I was reading your post on how the first day was absolutely the best day you've ever had, and then the second day you kind of had to work for those fish. But uh, do you want to kind of go into – how you prepared for that event going into it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so going into that event, I had, obviously I had, as I have said many times, I, I had been down there just before the off limits period for a college tournament. So I had already had some experience down there and knew a good bit about the Harris chain. So I saw on the, the, 
launches that Lake Yale was in play. So I decided I'd practice there since I was the least familiar with it. It's not directly attached to the chain. That's kind of the oddball. And that's, I had one day of practice because being a college student, I can't just go ditch classes for several days, especially with as many tournaments as I fish. Um, Sometimes it gets a little tight with attendance, but yeah, I went down there with my one day of practice. I went to Yale and I found a good bite on shell, but I just wasn't seeing the size that I knew it would take to win. I figured I could probably cut a check there if everything went right, but I went into kind of some history from the college tournament, something that best thing that we found during practice. And some people called them really good off of that during the tournament. It was a popular place. Um, And I went into it knowing that during the kayak tournament. It was like I might have to fish around a lot of people, but that's kind of what you got to do sometimes. And that's – go ahead. With the new rules going into place, did that change anything or did you kind of just – did it not affect you at all? Or With the communication and everything? Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, it was definitely different as on day one I did share the spot, not being able to communicate back and forth about what's going on around us. Yeah. Like, we can talk about the weather or whatever, but can't talk about how anything's affecting fish, fishing, how, you know, you know, maybe something subtle with a presentation, which ended up being a big key. And that was interesting to see that play out because had it been the same rules as last year, I absolutely think you would have seen both of us have really good days where we could just bounce ideas off of each other. But they changed the rules for a reason, and I think it really played out in this event. So going into that first day, did you feel like you were on them or did you just kind of feel like you were going to go out there and just fish a certain spot that you were comfortable with? Well, I hadn't thrown a cast on this spot in probably over a month, um, if not right at a month. And I knew what it was. I'd already seen it all on a graph. Obviously, we practiced it. And... The guy that I knew I was going to be sharing the spot with, uh, we had already talked about it. He's one of my good friends, Jordan Marshall. Uh, But we had talked about it. He had hit it during practice. And I told him, I was like, hey, like, that's kind of what I was banking on. Um, I was like, we can share it, no problem. So I knew that there were still fish there and we're still allowed to – um, communicate during practice so that was nice but really I was expecting it was more than me and him going in there I and how you said like your podcast is about the mindset I was going in thinking like yeah I'm gonna be around I was thinking three four maybe five kayaks on that one spot and I knew that that's that's kind of a when you're fishing around other people, that's completely mental. Yeah. Uh, you got to keep your head in and stay focused at all times and not worry about, you know, what the guy next to you has or what he's doing. Just keep 
keep fishing and try to get the bites. Uh, not let distractions get to you. But yeah, it's I knew that that spot had winning fish on it, at least in, in the past. And I figured that was my best bet. It was something that I didn't have anything to fall back on around it. That was where I was going. And if I didn't catch them there, I was going to load up and leave and go, go to a different lake, but ended up sticking it out there both days, all day, never left. And it paid off, but sometimes that can be really challenging. Just <laughs> sitting on a spot and not leaving it comes down to fish management and you don't know what you have or how many fish there are, especially with grass. But that's one thing I've noticed over, you know, several good tournaments I've had fishing on these places with a lot of offshore vegetation is typically if you find quality fish and grass, they're not alone. I mean, just like this, this past fall on Gunnersville, I had I think 101 something and it was in September when it's not, not very good. Uh, and I made laps on one one path. Never, never moved more than maybe a quarter mile. Okay. In just a place that you think would be fished out, it just keeps producing fish time and time again. And every time I do those laps, I'd get a bite or two. So that just seeing that in the past that you can sit on one patch of grass, there's almost always more fish than you would think in grass. Same thing played at Caddo with, with um, there was a grass flat that I'd say out of the top 15, there were probably at least seven or eight people fishing it. And it's unbelievable how many fish will live in it. It's just so full of life and you can't be afraid to sit in one spot it's happened i don't know how many times in the in this series or any tournament where someone sits on one spot the entire tournament doesn't multi-day tournaments even three-day tournaments sitting yeah, I, I have yet to find that spot in any tournament <laughs> well the thing is you you could have come across it and caught maybe one solid fish yeah you don't stay there to see if there's more fish you're just gonna keep on going down and covering water yeah i guess um because sometimes it it doesn't it's not always you make five or six casts and get another bite it could be 30 minutes between bites but they're good fish when you do get them um so how, do you, how do you have that that mindset to keep fishing there in that one spot knowing or is it just kind of sticking it out and hoping that you're right it's it's really just history and confidence in doing it i've had a lot of good tournaments not moving far okay and that's one thing that coming from you know i grew up fishing in a kayak that kind of teaches you to fish small but then i get in a bass boat and all i want to do is run and gun and that's what a lot of people say and just <laughs> run around like a chicken with my head cut off and kayak fishing kind of brought me getting bigger into it brought me back to that like 
okay, like almost anywhere in the country, tournaments can be won without moving more than half a mile. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Brave anglers search for the one they call king, but who will take his throne? Tune in to Waypoint TV's Battle for Silver, Saturday, May 18th from 12 to 6 p.m. Eastern. Presented by Abyss Battery, Waypoint TV. And the same thing applied with the the college tournament. It might have not been the same stretch of grass, but we went up and down. It was, I mean, probably a 150-yard stretch, but still not very far for two days back and forth, fishing the same stuff over and over again. And maybe could be you catch two in 30 minutes, but then you go an hour without a bite. But when we got bites, they were quality. So that also helps with going back into a tournament on the Harris chain, knowing you can really lean on these fish. Yeah. Uh, they get extremely concentrated. So how did that first day go where you had that amazing over 100 inches day? Like, well, it was... Was it was it all... Was there like a period where you caught a lot of those good fish? Or was it kind of, kind of a grind all day? I caught a bunch early. And it was lights out from... I mean basically third or fourth cast until I had 95, 96 inches that I just, every five, 10 minutes I'd catch a fish. Sometimes I'd go 15 minutes, but it was fairly steady and they were quality fish. And that just, you know, set me up to have a good day is having a great start. I had, what my goal was for the day by eight thirty nine o'clock, and yeah. so you started with a pretty good, good day then. Yeah, and kind of went from there. I I broke ninety five inches very early on, but I had a bunch of people launch with me, and they all, every single person that launched with me saw where I went fishing. So that's. I had never, I don't think before this, I had a tournament where I was able to submit fish and held them and and kind of sandbagged, but I still submitted some fish. So it's not people see zero down there, one for family members and friends watching back home. I don't want them to think that, oh, he doesn't have anything. And I had four solid fish um, up on the leaderboard made it so I was sitting just out of it where I, if I submitted a fish, it would put me in it. But people that are checking the leaderboard won't see my name on top and think, oh, I saw him fishing over in this lake. Not that most people that I have run into in kayak fishing have been, you know, extremely respectful about other people's water. And I haven't really had any issues. It's 
kind of if you started there and you're still there, you can kind of yours, yours for the keeping. But that was just thinking about should I submit my fish because at every any point if I had submitted a fifth fish, I would have been in the lead. And I didn't want that with so many people around me. Yeah. So after after having that day one the way you did, did you think that there would be more pressure on day two, or did you think that you were going to kind of have that spot to yourself out of respect for what you did? I mean, I assumed I would have it to myself out of respect from other fishermen out there, but you never know. You always hear that story of, oh, someone – showed up and beat me to my hole and wouldn't leave it but i haven't had that experience yet so far it's been you know people know hey this guy's in contention to win and usually if you have a good shot at a check you're going to keep doing what you're doing you're not going to try to hop on someone else's stuff so people that are you know going out and trying to salvage some points will really give you respect and, and, you know, stay off of whatever you're, you're targeting just because they don't want to mess you up. And I'm the same way when, you know, if I have a bad day one, I try to stay as much out of the way of people that are really in contention. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that's good though. because. I've never, I've always fished on the local scene. I haven't fished a big tournament yet. I'm mm-hmm. hoping to get one either this year or next year, get into one. Um, being in Illinois, they don't really come our way too much. And I mean, I don't blame you. The water's crap out here. A two pound is a big fish for us, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, so going into day two, obviously, you knew you had a good chance of winning, but you said, uh, and from what I've seen, you said you kind of you kind of had a bit of a struggle day two versus yeah the kind of thing that you had on day one. You kind of want to go into that a little bit. Yeah, so day two faced with very different conditions, and I knew that the fish would still be there. It's just getting them to bite, and it was slick calm, which I really don't think affected them. It was more of the boat traffic running not just nearby, but directly over what I was fishing. And with, you know, it's not very deep water. Um, They definitely don't like boats coming over them. And mentally, that was the most challenging part of the tournament was still staying there, even though I felt like most of the time that I was there, I wasn't going to catch fish because boats were either running over it or had recently run over it and the fish were still acting funny. Yeah. Um, so when you say boats were running over, they kind of just running over the grass that you were, you had fenced the previous day and they just weren't there on that Saturday? Or uh, So on Saturday, there was a very strong wind coming across the lake. And I think most of the bass boats were running the protected side of the lake okay. so they wouldn't get beat up. But when it was slick, calm, I think they were wanting to cut that corner, which I was sitting probably 100 <laughs> yards off of the bank. And, you know, if someone is going down through there, they're 
not really wanting to go around me. Uh, it really wouldn't put them that much out of their way, but I don't know if mm-hmm. I was hard to see out there or they just yeah. didn't care, but it was constant throughout the day and really, really messed up the fishing. Okay. So what, at what time did you feel on the second day, like, like kind of relaxed or was it not, or was it not that at all? Nope. I wasn't relaxed until about, I think it was like 2.15, 2.20, somewhere in there um, when I had a really big call. I had, I settled down a little bit after, because I didn't go, I went like the first 20 or 30 minutes of the day without catching a fish, even not even a small one. So, and I don't think the day before, I really even had 20 minutes where I fished and didn't catch one. Um, so that was kind of stressful for me, but then I backed off of the, the grass that the, the boats were running over. There was still kind of a shad spawn going on, but it's a weird, I don't know how the shad spawn down there, but it's not on the bank. Like most places, they were just flipping around on top of the water uh, in groups. And I think. Was it kind of around the grass? I, I heard Florida was always way different than anything else you ever fish. <laughs> um it was mainly over top of the grass but there were there was still a lot of bait fish running around the surface um out towards the middle and i guess i i just backed off because one to to kind of have my presence less and not be casting you know, a chatterbait, which makes quite a bit of commotion through there. Just give them a little bit of a break. And I caught two 19-inchers back-to-back cast out away from the grass. Um, those were the only two fish I caught out off of the grass, but that gave me a lot of confidence to have those two quality fish and knowing, all right, if I get – you know, three between 15 and 17 inches, I'll probably win this tournament or at least have a very good finish. And the rest of the day, I slowly picked away at fish, um, pretty consistent, but definitely wasn't as hot and heavy as, as the day before. And when I did get bit, it wasn't big. They were still decent fish. Um, most of them in the 15 to 16 inch range. And it was, it was a struggle. I did catch a lot of small ones that didn't help throughout the day, but I thought about going to the bank and I was thinking, you know, cause I was like, these boats are never going to stop running over, over yeah. what I'm fishing. Luckily I stayed out there because, you know, about 130, 145, all the boats were really, they were really running over it, but they were headed back towards Harris, which is where the big boat tournaments come out of. So I think they were all, you know, making their way back to weigh in, probably at a three o'clock weigh in, just playing it safe. And about two o'clock, the boat traffic really died down a lot. And that was, that gave those fish a little bit of a break. And that was when I was able to catch, I think it was a 17 and a quarter and a 20 and a quarter in the last hour of the tournament. And that's where I finally settled down. I was like, uh, you know, I've got 93 inches that puts over a hundred inches a day. It's a 
you know, Justin, who was in second with 99 and three quarter on day one, he would have to have over a hundred inches in order to beat me. So that, that made me feel pretty comfortable that, that I was going to win at that point in time. Okay. So covering the tournament, how does it feel knowing that you won another one? Cause I feel all the trophies. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was just as good of a feeling as the first one. Um, I'd say Broken Bow is really the one that what meant the most because going into Hartwell, I was on a hot streak. I was doing better, better. I had just gotten second in the previous kayak event I fished, won that one. So then Hartwell, not Hartwell, um, Harris Chain, that win, which this time I had already had two good events in out of a bass boat on that same lake or same chain of lakes the month before so i was already feeling good going into the tournament whereas broken bow was my worst kayak tournament finish ever was the bos the regular season in the spring of last year on eufaula i had one 12 incher and that was it that was the only bass i caught during the tournament broken bow was the very next tournament so that one was kind of I was very tight on funds at that point and you know it's when you need need it the most to keep traveling this i mean it's between you know college not being able to work much and all the expenses of traveling to all these tournaments it is not it's a lot more affordable than than a basketball. It still costs quite a bit of money to travel to these tournaments. And that was, you know, kind of when I was, I was down in the dumps, I'd fished three tournaments. And from my previous year, I didn't you know. I didn't have a bad tournament until the TOC, which really wasn't even that bad of an event. So I was really kind of, you know, like, am I going to catch them this good again that before that event? And to go and win one after your worst event ever is that was really meaningful. Yeah. So, but still, like when you're up on stage and even at Harris Chain, when I was sitting there waiting as they were going up the list, I heard. You know, because when the leaderboard went down, Justin Largan was in fourth or fifth place. We're in the top three, and they call Adam Riser at third. And I was like, all right, what's, you know, did something happen yeah. here? Even even when you have that big of a lead, you know, anything's possible. And the nerves always get going at, <laughs> right, right when they're calling it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's the tournament. Uh, but uh, so we have about five minutes left. I just wanted to uh, bring up obviously about the college stuff. Uh, how's everything going on the college side? Um, <laughs> I mean, I've really had my freshman year of college fishing, I did pretty good during the fall and then started struggling a lot. Um, when I started having really good kayak tournaments, I started struggling more out of the bass boat which was strange to me because I've always fished out of both my whole life. But yeah. I mean, now this season 
in a boat that I'm comfortable with, with electronics I'm comfortable with. And I mean, it's, it's my, my roommate's boat that we're fishing out of. So I'm always going out in it and just being comfortable with the, 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 you know, the tool you're using. Yeah. It's just like, if you go to a tournament and you're using someone else's rods, you don't know what's going on. It takes yeah. you a while to acclimate. So that, that really has me feeling a lot better about this upcoming season. And I mean, the schedule for the Bassmaster College Series is, is pretty good um, for how I like to fish. Um, the Cherokee tournament, which is, I mean, I could walk to Cherokee and I could be there in five minutes on foot. And that's the one I'm the most nervous about just because, I mean, when I first got to school here, I'm a junior now, my freshman year, I loved that lake, went there all the time. And now it's still producing good bags, but I've kind of lost track of what the fish are doing. They've changed a lot. And really, I mean, I it's at the end of this month, that tournament. So I have a month to figure out what they're doing along with all the other tournaments I'm fishing. Cool. After that, we're going to the James River, which I haven't spent a ton of time out there, but I've probably fished it, you know, 15 or 20 times since at most since I was in high school growing up in central Virginia, we had a few tournaments out there, went fun fishing with friends because it's an incredible fishery, but I grew up fishing another tidal river, which makes me, I was just going there every chance I could get. Once I got my driver's license during the summer, I was going two, three times a week and I'm very comfortable on tidal waters. That event should be a really good one. And that's the one I'm most excited about, but we're fishing for points. So we did good at Harris chain. We've got to catch them on Cherokee to, to make it to that one. And the last one will be tough, but it's the red river. Now I've, I like really tough tournaments. Yeah. I've, I've always done, or, historically done pretty good in them as long as they're in the spring i struggle a lot in the fall that's just something i haven't really gotten a grip of but i'm looking forward to that event the weights are going to be low but it's you versus the fish or yeah always. You know, it's if you can catch what what lives in there it's you know it's a good thing so before we wrap it up, I just want to give you a chance to shout out sponsors and stuff like that. Yes. Yeah, so always got to thank Dugout. They've supported me since day one when I got into the national series of kayak fishing. Uh, BioNO Power, I've been running their batteries for over a year now and almost two. And they've been flawless. I have the same battery since when I started. Uh, the, for my electronics, great. I mean, it yeah. lasts all day yeah, great I mean, picture and clarity. People that same, they use them, like better. people, yeah, people yeah. that use them, love them. I haven't yeah. heard any, any complaints about their batteries. Uh, Newport vessels, the NK 180, it's great all around motor. It's not the fastest one out there. It cuts through grass and it'll take a beating and run all day long. 
um, Seaguar fluorocarbon, uh, been using their stuff for, I mean, as long as I've been bass fishing and there's a, they have a deal with our, with our college team and take great care of us. So always thankful for them as well as Z man. They've, that's what I caught them on at the Harris chain, that jackhammer, uh, Revo sunglasses. I don't walk outside without sunglasses on. They're the most comfortable I've found and they have crystal clear lenses. So. That's it. All right, man. Well, I appreciate you coming on and sharing the mindset of what you went through those three days, those for the one practice day and the two tournament days. And um, I wish you nothing but the best of luck, man. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me. No problem. Have a good day. Have a good rest of the night, man.